Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 263 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a full-stack web developer who builds apps in React and Ruby on Rails. He is also an agile consultant and an online educator with six programming courses on Udemy and 236,000 students to his credit. And he's currently authoring Pandas in Action about the popular Python data analysis library. He says that his favourite part of programming is the never-ending sense that there's always something new to master. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Boris Paskeva. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So Boris, can you tell us a little bit about um, maybe how you got into React and Ruby on Rails in particular? Definitely. Well, I did not go to school for computer science. I originally went for economics at NYU, and I worked a series of data analysis jobs at a variety of companies until at one role, I was asked to learn Python for data analysis. That began my general exploration of programming, uh, which in turn led to a coding bootcamp in 2017, which is where I started learning web development with React and Ruby on Rails. So I went kind of the non-traditional computer science route uh, through bootcamp rather than school uh, to get where I am. Sure. Okay. And in terms of um, Python as well, obviously writing the book, Pandas in Action, is something that you're doing um, actively right now? Occasionally. Most of my work is in web development. So if it's Python, it's more related to building websites and backends. But uh, still, I work with uh, Python and data analysis libraries like Pandas in personal matters, whether it be personal finances or to-do lists. Uh, So I still still am pretty familiar with it and still work with it uh, weekly, even if it's not always on my day job. Yeah. Okay. And, and the Udemy courses as well. Obviously, that that's something that's grown pretty dramatically by the sound of it. Yeah, it's it's a big snowball effect. I remember when I when I published it, I had one sale the first day, and I made five dollars and was super pleased. Um, and then I, I just kind of left it alone. I didn't promote it. I didn't market it, and uh, it just kind of achieved organic growth and, and took off from there. Um, so it's been it's been fun to watch it mature over these years. Indeed. So, so obviously six courses so far. Have you got plans to uh, create any more? Uh, it's always planning. I think right now I also want to expand uh, some of my existing courses. My Python one is 49 hours long, and I still think there's more content to add there. I know some of the most comp- comprehensive Python courses on Udemy are even longer. So I want to get up into that upper tier of, of really long, extensive courses, and I want to give the student or the learner as much value as they can get. So potentially new courses, potentially expanding old ones. Uh, everything's open right now. Okay, cool. So we may get back to that. I may ask you a little bit more about that later in the interview. Sure. Um, so Boris, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Sure. I think the, the most important tip that I noticed was beneficial to me is to always focus on being a creator, not just a consumer. Um, and that is something that I was always fearful of doing. I was scared when I was learning to program or learning Pandas of creating material, whether it be a written article or a podcast or a tutorial video or a course. I was always feeling that sense of imposter syndrome, uh, that sense that I wasn't qualified to teach it or to explain it. Um, And most of my success, I think, has been showing up and just doing the work of putting content out there. 
Um, I think most people forget that the majority of the world does not know how to program or how to do Python. I think I did the math the other day. There's something like 7.4 billion people on, in this world. And even if I assume, uh, you know, 1% of them know how to code, that would be 74 million people, which I think is more than the total number of tech jobs in the world. So the vast majority, <laughs> the vast majority has never programmed before, never done much technical. So even as someone uh, who's a beginner, as soon as you pick up your first technical skill, you already have the opportunity to teach it and to put content out there. Uh, when you're able to explain it, when you're able to teach it, that's how you know effectively that you know it. Um, and many times when you're starting out, you have that advantage of knowing the light bulb moments, the aha moments that make technology click, uh, which is something that many times years of experience actually make worse. When you spend so much time with the technology, you forget the basics. So no matter where you are in your career, whether you're starting out in tech or you're a tenure professional, you should always ache, uh, seek to create content, to put your understanding out there in whatever form you can. Yeah. I think it's um, also a good point that that it's often the best time to actually start doing that is, is just after you've learned something as well. Because not only Absolutely. does it reinforce your own knowledge, but but your your recent experience of having learned something is something you can actually sort of embed within your own teaching. Absolutely. Day, day one or hour two after you've, you've learned it in the first hour, hour two is creating something out of it. Yeah, that's great. That's good advice. Good. Okay. Boris, can you tell us about your worst IT career moment so far and what you learned from Ooh, it? Certainly. I think I made, I made a series of, of bad decisions. Um, one was uh, jumping from a company that I was at that was a sinking ship into another company um, that was turned out to be an awful place to work. So in a moment of desperation where I was uncertain about the financial uh, viability of the current company I was in, I, I wasn't careful about where I was going to. And I ended up going to out of, out of the frying pan into the fire as the expression goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's important to, no matter where you are uh, in your career, to ask yourself whether you're learning, whether you're being challenged, and to not wait for you know, a specific moment. I think one, one awful piece of advice I often got in my career was wait two, three years at a company to make sure your resume doesn't look like you're jumping around. I wholeheartedly reject that advice. Uh, I think it's important to make sure you're consistently growing in whatever role you are in. And if it takes three months before you realize that you're no longer being challenged, um, it's time to leave. Um, I made that mistake by sticking with, a, with an employer um, that I knew I was unhappy with, that I was not learning with. Uh, and that consistent drive to keep searching ultimately over time is how I found a curiosity in programming. And then that led to where I am now. Okay. So how do you avoid that sort of situation now? It's, I think, I think honestly, after attending coding bootcamp, I gained a sense of confidence because I realized if I'm capable of studying code for 80 hours a week, I'm comfortable of sticking up, comfortable sticking up for myself and saying, what, what is your culture like? What is, what is the company like? It's not just financial. It's also the cultural aspects of do I fit in here? Is the work going to be engaging? And asking those questions in the interview process um, and, and gauging the interview as well, turning it kind of not into a, a desperate sense of, you know, I'm trying to get the job, but turning it into a mutual conversation between you and the interviewer. What do you have to offer me? And having that frame or that perspective of I'm valuable. I know this technology. I can offer something what do you have to offer me? And that in general just instills confidence and a presentation and a demeanor that can prove helpful. Okay. So it sounds like you establish your values and know what they are before you actually go into that conversation. So Absolutely. you can, yes, you have the idea in your mind of what you're looking for and what you expect that, that relationship to be. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Okay. And 
sort of moving away from your worst moment, can you tell us about your career highlight to date? Sure. I think it's it's the intersection between my personal job and my courses on Udemy. It's a fun story how it began. I was working at Indeed.com, the job search site, and I was in charge of training all new employees who were coming in on our technology stack, which was Python Pandas. And having grown tired of scheduling the same meeting every couple of weeks to train the newest batch of employees, I decided to make a batch of videos uh, so that they can have this uh, tutorial sequence to watch and I wouldn't have to go through the same meeting repeatedly. Uh, And eventually upper management got word that I was making videos and said, well, Boris is really a data analyst by title. He shouldn't be making videos for new employees. He should be crunching data and doing whatever the current assignment was. And so I had this batch of leftover videos on uh, Python pandas and trying to make uh, lemonade out of lemons. I took those, uploaded those to Udemy, and that became my first course. Um, So it's having that aspect of rejection and uh, finding some opportunity, some glimmer in there to, to make the best of it. Uh, is kind of a, an interesting interesting story. It's the it's the transition from the the personal in the in terms of the the business side of my life, the job, to something that now becomes a second source of income. And it all began out of an unfortunate rejection, but then turned into a profitable side hustle. Yeah, that, that's interesting to hear. So, is that something you now sort of do more of a so more, rather than sort of being a consequence of what happened? Is this something now that you look for? Or you you look for opportunities where you can potentially yeah. utilize things that you're currently doing in yeah for other reasons. Absolutely, a lot of my a lot of I don't know, it's weird to use the word a lot of my success because it feels a little arrogant, but <laughs> a lot of it has been serendipity and a lot of just being at the right place at the right time and putting in the right work. You know, there was yeah. at the time when I was making my first course, there wasn't a twenty hour pandas course available on Udemy and. I was by no means the most qualified person to teach, and I was by no means the most qualified pandas expert in the world. I'd only been doing it for a year of experience. I didn't have a formal computer science degree, but I had the initiative to just create a bunch of videos and then and then put them up. and And I think it was it was just that it was the right timing and, like I said, creating something, putting something out there, um, and it found its fit. Yep, and it's something you built upon, is it? Yeah, it's just consistently iterating and, and looking for yep. for opportunities to get better. Great. Okay. And Boris, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? I think that it's consistently dynamic um, and evolving. And and because of that, you can always catch up. And what I mean by that is, in my mind, it's it's the most meritocratic field I've ever worked in, in the sense that it's not always the person with 20 years of experience that's going to have the advantage. It's not the person with the, the biggest PhD. It's the person who's most effectively able to solve that problem. So even if you don't have those advantages, if you can be the one who understands the technology the best, who can communicate about it, who can learn it before the general public does, you can sort of catch up. You can find your place in there. Um, it's not always the the. It's not like traditional bureaucratic fields where you know you're kind of waiting for your place in line. Anybody's welcome to join in as long as they're bringing the best ideas. A person coming out of boot camp can know more about a technology and be better equipped to program in it than somebody who has been working 10 years in software engineering, but has been working with a totally different legacy technology. So that balancing act, the fact that you can jump in and catch up uh, is what makes it really exciting. Also makes it very challenging because you always have to be on top of whatever is new, um, but also means that there's always a chance to level the playing field. Yeah, I think I'm probably fine that the the IT industry is probably quite, you know, unusual in that respect. That because of the rate of change, there is opportunity all the time to learn something new that that potentially very few people know about, and therefore you can be ahead of the game at any point. Absolutely. 
Okay. Um, Bob, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> so what first attracted you to a career in IT? I think it's the applicability of the skills to any domain or any sort of industry of interest. I think there's that flexibility and openness. I, if you're a lawyer, you kind of have to be in law. You know, If you're a historian, you have to be in a historical field. But as a software engineer, you have a toolbox, but you can apply it to whatever, whatever domain you want. You can go build software for uh, medicine. You can build software for uh you know, a, a e-commerce business. You can go build it for education. The domains are wide open. The fields are open. Everybody needs technology now. Um, so you have that dynamic flexibility of being able to shift to whatever is your curiosity or your interest um, and not be confined to just one area. Yeah, no, understood. Yes. And <laughs> what is the best career advice you've ever received? Oh, at the, at the cost of sounding cliche, I think the, the most succinct one that I like is figure out the price of success and pay it. Um, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the I day, it just could, comes down you to could it. argue, figure out the price of success and decide if you want to pay it. That's even better. That's wiser. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And maybe more difficult. What is the worst career advice you've ever received? Yeah, I think we, we touched on this point a little earlier. It's, it's to stay in a company's uh, for several years before, before, uh, leaving for the sake of your resume, um, to stay at a company if you hope that a promotion will will get you what you want. You know, I'm waiting for this person to retire so I can take their spot. It's a very kind of old school way of thinking that is just not prevalent in technology. Um, if, if you're unhappy, keep searching, uh, whether it be because you're not interested in the technology and the culture and the people, um, don't stay where you're miserable. Keep Keep searching for what fits you. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to discuss that point right now, given um, sort of the, the change, if you like, in the way we're we're having to work and the fact yeah. that it's far more remote working. Do you think that's going to um, make a difference to to be able to move around between different companies and, and try different things and opportunities that may arise? I think so, because I think a lot of those pre-existing um, biases and convictions are being torn apart. I mean, one perfect example is a lot of companies are now discovering, oh, wow, our entire workforce can exist remotely. There was, yeah. there was before that, they would, they would never even consider the notion. Um, so these kinds of ideas are, are being challenged. And I think technology was always first. Technology questioned the idea of, do you need a formal computer science degree if you can go to boot camp for three months? You know, do you need a, a, to get yourself $200,000 in college debt in order to work a job? And it's constantly reinventing. So I think because there's all of these ideas that are now being challenged, um, there's always the opportunity to, to, to find a new way of work. Um, so I think yes. it's, it's, it, it, it may sound constricting right now in the pandemic, but I think there's, it's always going to lead to more opportunities down the road. We're just figuring out what those are right now. Exactly. Yeah. If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? Build more projects, uh, fail more frequently, um, be, be a more unafraid to fail, um, I think when I was just starting out, it was always, again, imposter syndrome, which I think is felt by something like 70% of IT professionals. Uh, we always feel like we're not equipped to do the job that we are being paid to do, even though somebody's literally willing to pay us money to do it. So yep. um, realize that it's, it's, it's the same as riding a bicycle. It's, you have to fall and it has to hurt a little bit, and then you figure it out, and then you find balance, and, and all of a sudden you know how to ride a bike. It's the same 
a principle. It's it's not it's 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 very different from learning other skills. You know, learning history to me, for example, is more of a memorization exercise. It's just repeating, repeating. Programming is not something you can just read. You you can't read a thousand page book and never program and learn to code. You need to actually practice, practice, and go through the frustrations of seeing all those errors on your screen. Um, yeah. So I would I would try to put myself into situations where I was failing more frequently. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Ultimately, I think the the dream is is to be able to work from anywhere where there's an internet connection. So be completely independent, uh, have a stable line of work, uh, have people know me by my my work, and and not have to be necessarily reliant on a single employer. Uh, be able to travel a lot. You know, you always see those images on the internet of people sitting on a beach, a beautiful beach with a laptop <laughs> in front of them. That's yeah. that's the dream. So maybe I I won't be able to get to the beach, but maybe if I can have a nice house somewhere, <laughs> inexpensive and and be able to have that financial independence uh, that technology offers. Sure. Um, that, so the laptop dream. lifestyle, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Hope. <laughs> and what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I would say communication, um, being able to bridge the gap between the technical and the non-technical. Um, a lot of programmers I know have the stereotype of being very introverted and quiet spoken and shy, lone wolves and being able to take a complex idea that you're expressing to a computer and being able to express it just as well to a product manager, to a designer, to an executive. Um, the, the people I found who are most successful in IT are not the best developers. It's the ones who tend to get along well with everybody, with the technical folk, and they can talk with them, but also with the business folk and be able to pick the right language, the right choice of words that matches the audience of the room. Indeed. Yes, that's good, good advice. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? Well, I'm, I'm trying to put myself into situations where I'm always seeking new challenges. So for example, in my day job now, I work as a software consultant. And one reason why I did that is precisely so that I would have a new client to go to every six months. They place me in a different engagement, uh, which means different industries, different technology stacks, uh, different business formats. And so putting yourself in situations where you have that opportunity. Um, I know many companies, for example, have rotational programs where you can try a different role every six months. Uh, seeking those kinds of opportunities where you have a lot of variation and learning and trying to drink in from the fire hose, so to speak, uh, putting yourself in those kinds of situations that enable new challenges. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? I love music, so I, I play guitar. Um, I love following my, my favorite bands on tour. My, my favorite band is Newfound Glory, and I'm, I've seen them 69 times. So I actually book my vacations around following them on tour. Uh, so music is a big part in how I unwind. And besides that, it's the, the standard long walks, um, exercise, reading, occasional video game before bed. Good. Okay. Um, Boris, can you share with us a final piece of career advice? Um, to kind of sum up everything, I would say keep challenging yourself, keep failing, keep track of your failures, keep a progress journal, uh, make sure whatever you're learning, you're also teaching. That is the most effective way to confirm uh, that you are actually mastering the subject that you are practicing. Um, don't doubt yourself. Realize that everyone goes through it and show up. And what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Sure. So I unfortunately have been very neglectful with my social media, but I'm, I'm starting out finally in 2020, about 10 years behind the pack. So on Twitter, you can find me at at Boris Paskaver. That's B-O-R-I-S-P-A-S-K-H-A-V-E-R. 
And then you can also find me on LinkedIn. And my personal email is boris.passcaver at nyu.edu. Great. Boris, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you so much. It's been great to be here. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.